Welcome to the Melton Forge Works podcast. I'm going to take you along on my day-to-day adventures in bladesmithing and blacksmithing. I'll be talking about the people involved in the craft and the tools and the methods that go along with it. So thanks for listening. Hey there. It's Friday, May 22nd, 8.30 in the morning, and I'm in the truck. Got to run into work. I got to program a couple of adapters for some ventilators today. Um, I was supposed to be off today, but I got called in to, uh, to do this for a couple of ventilators that needed to be put into service today. So I'm going to run and do that, and, uh, and then I'll be off the rest of the day after that. But um, I think... When I get back into the shop later today, I got some home projects I need to knock out today, but when I get back into the shop today, I'm gonna to finish up a hammer that I started yesterday. Um, it's gonna be a three pound ball peen, like a big ball peen. And uh, I posted a picture of it on Instagram uh, yesterday, uh, pre-grind. I still need to, I still need to do a fair amount of grinding on the ball end. Um, I did not really forge in the ball on this one. I just forged one side into a nice round, and I'm going to grind the ball, which I may actually, you know, I might actually take that hammer to the bandsaw, and the end that I'm going to turn into the ball, I might knock off corners on the bandsaw before I go to grind, because it's such it's going to be such a big amount of grinding if I don't take some material out. And uh, I left the hammer in the forge to uh, to anneal, so um, it shouldn't be a problem if I want to try to knock off corners on the bandsaw. So I might do that. Uh, if I do that, I'll let you know how that works. I've never done that before on a hammer. I've never I've never removed stock off of a hammer with a bandsaw before going to grind it. I've always just if I've needed to grind uh, a significant amount on a hammer, I've always just gone to the belt sander. And, uh, and ground it off. So I uh, might try that method and see how that works. Uh, see if I can just knock off maybe like a half inch around the corners of that rounded side, which would leave me with kind of a cone, almost a cone-shaped end to the hammer, which would then be a lot easier to grind into the ball. So anyway, we'll see how that works. Um, and on that note, on the grinder note, I wanted to talk for a minute about belt grinders. Um, A little while back I was thinking about, or I might have even mentioned it, about doing an episode where I kind of focus on talking about belt grinders, and so I think I might do that in this episode. Um, in, In my mind, the belt grinder is just a file, you know, as far as blacksmithing is concerned. It's just another way to knock material off. And in the old days with blacksmithing, you know, they used files or stone grinders. And um, and so now we have these really nice things called belt grinders. And the most common one uh, uses a two inch by 72 inch belt. And I think the reason that's the most common is that by far, there's the most amount of belt availability 
as far as um, places to buy that type of belt and the amount and variation in grit types uh, that's available for the 2x72 more so than it, than most other grinders uh, at least in my experience it, it seems that there's way more availability when it comes to the type of belts for a 2x72 uh, than there is for like a 1x30 or a 2x42 or a 2x36 you know so anyway the 2x72 is the most common grinder you see in blacksmith and bladesmith shops nowadays um, and so that's what I have and the first grinder that I had that used a 2x72 belt was one that I built out of some scrap steel um, I was reading a book at the time called The $50 Knife Shop by a guy named Wayne Goddard and uh, Wayne was an old school bladesmith guy back in the early uh, days and uh, he's kind of an OG guy in the bladesmithing scene and uh, he just recently passed away which is um, which is a big loss for the bladesmithing community because he was just really really big about sharing his knowledge in the form of books and articles in Blade magazine and several of his articles in Blade wound up becoming this book called The $50 Knife Shop. And so um, that was like the first book that I got when I started bladesmithing that really put me in the mindset of making my own tools whenever I could. And I highly recommend going and getting that book if you have not seen it yet, especially if you're into bladesmithing. Even if you're into blacksmithing, there's a lot of neat ideas in that book um, about making your own tools and making knives with the tools you have on hand. And so anyway, one of the sections in that book is about building a 2x72 grinder. So um, if you're thinking about building a 2x72, it's another reason to get that book. It's not that expensive on Amazon. I think it's like 20 bucks. Um, and... Uh, it, it's it's well worth the 20 bucks just to uh, just to see the different ways you can make a 2x72 out of literally almost nothing. And so I, I had just finished reading The $50 Knife Shop and uh, we were throwing away this old office desk at work. And the office desk had kind of an L-shaped uh, part to it that was made out of uh, I think it was inch and a half square tubing that this desk was made out of. And I saw this L-shaped part of this office desk um, sitting in the trash pile at work, basically. And I thought, you know, that, that looks exactly like the bottom part of a grinder that I just saw in this book. And so I got that office desk, took it home, grabbed an angle grinder, and started cutting that frame up. And I pieced together... Um, a frame loosely based off of the frame ideas in the $50 knife shop. And so I went on eBay and found a used 8-inch contact wheel which came off of a Grizzly grinder, a Grizzly 2x72. And, um, and so I bought that contact wheel 
And then I reached out to Rob at Beaumont Metalworks. This was this was back when they had just started making the KMG grinder. And uh, I reached out to Rob and asked him if I could buy a uh, an idler wheel from him. You know, a top pulley. This was a grinder that only had two wheels. It had a large round contact wheel on the bottom and a single uh, tracking or idler wheel at the top of the grinder. And so um, I told Rob that I wanted a, a top wheel to be slightly crowned so that I could use it as the uh, as the tracking wheel. And, um, and he turned an aluminum wheel for me and uh, I think, I don't know, I think I paid like 50 bucks or something for that wheel for, you know, for him making it kind of a one-off wheel at the time. It wasn't, it wasn't that expensive, but anyway, um, so I didn't have a whole lot of money in that grinder and I used angle iron to make a, a flat platen for it. And, um, I had an old motor that I had purchased at Harbor Freight to make into a, like a buffing grinder, you know, kind of a buffer. And I took that motor and used some step pulleys and some belts and I mounted that motor to my bench with a door hinge, just a standard brass door hinge underneath the motor so that I could tilt the motor up in order to change belts. And so I mounted the motor so that the motor was slightly pivoted up on that door hinge uh, when it was when the belt was on it. So the tension of the weight of that motor was basically what put tension on the belt. So in order to change speeds, I would just pull up on the motor and move the belt to whatever step pulley, you know, whatever step on the pulley I needed to. And so uh, when it was all said and done, I had a variable speed two by 72 and I don't think I had $200 in the whole project, you know, and that includes buying some nuts and bolts and angle grinder discs and things like that. And, um, at the time I built it, I did not have a welder. And so it was a bolt together construction. So I basically stacked the, uh, the tubing together in places where I needed to and just marked and drilled holes with a drill press at the time, I had a really cheap, like $50 Harbor Freight drill press, and I used that drill press to knock holes in that grinder frame where I needed to uh, hold it together. And I just used all thread, and uh, I think I used 3 8 inch all thread and 3 8 nuts and, uh, and washers. And that's how I put that grinder together. You know, I. Uh, I actually used angle iron at the bottom of the grinder with holes through the grinder frame and through the angle iron that I then bolted together. And then I bolted that to my workbench. So the entire grinder was made of, you know, fairly thin walled square steel tubing from an old office desk, nuts and bolts, a used motor, a used contact wheel, and then I think the only new piece of material that I had on that entire grinder 
was that wheel that I bought from Rob at, at KMG. And, uh, and I used that grinder. I made that grinder in probably, I think it was 2001 that I made that grinder. And I made a better two by 72 about four years ago now. So I use that janky <laughs> two by 72 that I built out of scrap for 18 years or 17 years, something like that. I used it for quite a long time. And uh, in all that time, I really didn't have any trouble with it. Oh, the tracking mechanism that I built for that grinder was all made from angle iron as well. It was just angle iron and I actually took a piece of all thread and drilled a hole through the all thread and that all thread became the axle that the top idler wheel ran on and I had a, a bolt that went through that all thread to allow that whole mechanism to pivot and that was my tracking mechanism. And again, I got the idea for that tracking mechanism out of Wayne Goddard's book. Um, I've got some pictures of that old grinder. I don't have that grinder anymore. Um, but I've got some pictures of that old grinder. And I'll throw those up this week so that you guys can see what I'm talking about. It's kind of hard to visualize. But um, anyway, the point of telling you all this is one of the things that people ask me a lot is... Um, you know, they about how to build their own belt grinder. And inevitably, when I start that discussion, especially with someone that's really new to the craft, it becomes pretty apparent that many people are intimidated by the idea of building a 2x72 grinder. And um, I would just like to encourage you that if, if you're feeling that way, it's one of those projects that if you, when you look at it, you know, in its entirety, it might look like, oh, there's a whole lot of moving parts, you know, getting the tracking mechanism is going to be really difficult. You know, it might look like it's something intimidating if you're not used to doing much metal fabrication. But what I, what I try to tell people is that it's one of those projects that you just need to start. So it can be kind of intimidating if you're not used to building something like that. Um, but if you'll just start gathering the material together and measuring and putting pieces of steel together and, and getting a feel and a visualization for how it all works and how it's all going to go together, at the end of the day, it's a really simple machine. And so I would just like to encourage you that if you're thinking of building your own belt grinder, it's not that hard, especially now there's way more plans and way more ideas and way more examples of people who have built their own belt grinders now um, that if you're looking for inspiration or ideas, it's never been easier now than, uh, to build your own belt grinder. Uh, with all that said, if you're not the kind of person that wants to build your own belt grinder, there are a bunch of really good options now for commercial grinders um, where people are starting to make their, uh, where, where, where it looks like people made their own grinder and realized, hey, I think I can make this and sell this 
and and they're doing a phenomenal job. I mean, uh, right off the top of my head, Broadbeck Ironworks comes to mind. I think those guys might have started by building their own grinder and then realized that they had a lot of talent and materials and, uh, or not materials, but talent and equipment and they could turn those things out. And, uh, and I know a bunch of guys that, that have gotten one of those Broadbeck grinders and they're super happy with it. And so, um, you know, if you're looking to buy a grinder again, it's, it's never been, there's never been a better time to go buy a grinder. So uh, I guess it just depends on what you want to do. For me personally, when I built my second grinder, I looked at several options out there and, um, and I really just, I, I really wanted a couple of things out of my new grinder. I wanted a VFD for variable speed rather than step pulleys. I wanted a, uh, with a stronger motor. And then I wanted the ability to use standard one and a half inch tool arms. Uh, for the grinder. And so um, I started looking around and found a, a set of plans that I followed. Um, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this before. His name is Dan Camo. And uh, if you just go Google DC Knives BG272, you'll find the plans that I followed. Uh, and a bunch of people have made that style of grinder. Um, it's not as nice and fancy as some of the ones that are being made uh, out there today, uh, but um, but it gets the job done. But anyway, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to relay is um, the the reason I built my grinder is that I had already done it once, and I really enjoyed the satisfaction of building a tool myself, and I just wanted to do it. So um, I think if I was gonna add a third grinder to the shop. Um, at this point, I would probably either buy one in a kit form or maybe, you know, maybe get one from like Broadbeck or, um, Iron Creek or one of these guys that are, that are doing their own, um, grinders now, or they have a business built around making grinders. But anyway, I, I guess I'll wrap up my grinder talk. Uh, segment of this episode by just saying, if you're thinking about building a belt grinder, go for it. Just get started. If you have t- questions about building your own belt grinder, I've built two now um, on my own. And, uh, you know, the help is out there if you want to get help for building your own belt grinder. Um, the Facebook group that I've got out there called the DIY Tools for the Knife Maker and Blacksmith is full of people that have made their own grinder. You could come over there and ask questions. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of help out there if you want to build your own belt grinder. Um, and again, if I can help, just uh, shoot me a message and I'll do my best to help. So anyway, I'm about to run into work. This is probably the longest segment that I've recorded in quite a while. Um, I'll talk to you in a little bit. Thanks. Bye. Hey there, it's uh, March 23rd now, Saturday. Uh, about 11.45 in the morning. I'm back in the truck again. Sometimes this is the best time where I can uh, I can talk to you guys. So, uh, sorry if you get tired of hearing truck noises. But anyway, I was thinking about the grinder discussion again. And um, like the same day that I recorded that segment about, you know, building your own grinder in my experience, building my first, um, I saw a guy post a question in one of the 
beginner Facebook groups. I don't know if it was blacksmithing for beginners or bladesmithing. But anyway, it was one of those groups. And his question was, what is the difference between these two styles of grinders? Or what is the advantage or disadvantage between these two style of grinders? And the two styles of grinders that he had pictures of was the, the uh, two-wheel grinder, which is kind of like what you would think of uh, when you think of the Grizzly 2x72 or the Coot 2x72, there's a large wheel on the bottom which is directly connected to the motor usually. And then uh, there's a small wheel at the top with a flat platen in the middle. So it's just two wheels and uh, some grinders like that you can tilt the top part of the grinder back to better access the bottom contact wheel. And then the other picture he had was of a KMG style, you know, the the grinder with uh, interchangeable tool arms, and it's a, what I call a four-wheel grinder. There's two wheels on the flat platen, one wheel at the top, which is an idler wheel, and then one wheel in the back, which is usually your drive wheel. And um, I responded to that post, and I said, there's, there's two major... Uh, differences between these two grinders or two major advantages that one has over the other and that is that the four-wheel type the the kind of 2x72 that we see most often nowadays the primary advantage for me when I switched over to using one like that was the ability to stand close to the grinder and look down over my work so um, you know, with the two-wheel grinder, you approach it and uh, you can't really lean too far into it as you're working or you'll put your forehead into the belt, you know. Um, and if you tilt it back, then the then the flat platen that you're most often working on is tilted away from you and it's not convenient, you know. And so um, with the four-wheel style grinder, you can, you can approach the grinder and stand much closer to it and uh, you can hold your elbows kind of at a 90 degree uh, position and uh, hold whatever you're working on kind of belly height usually. And then you look down uh, at your work. And for me, that allows two things to happen. One, I can really, really see better what's happening with my grind. And two, it helps me get into the same body position or body mechanic every time and that was something else that I wanted to talk about a little bit in this episode was body positioning and your grinder so um, if you're thinking about building a grinder I highly recommend that you build the kind that has four wheels that allows you to place it so that you can stand uh, close to the grinder and look down and position your arms and your body the same way every time now, that's not to say that you can't get good, repeatable results with a two-wheel grinder. Uh, I'm convinced that you can learn to use almost any tool to get good results. You just, you know, just have to learn how to do it. But it's easier, in my experience, to do that repeatability of body positioning and being able to see your work with the four-wheel type of grinder. So... I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit and, and uh, stress the importance of body positioning. I think it was Jerry Fisk, who is a master bladesmith with the American Bladesmith Society. I want to say I, 
I saw an older video of him one time and he was stressing the importance of body positioning when grinding and that if you can get into the habit of setting yourself up physically the same way every time you grind, your grinds will be of a much higher quality. And, um, and that if you approach the grinder in that way, uh, that you should always approach it with the same mindset as well. And it, it kind of sounds kind of strange to say this kind of stuff, but one of the things that he was stressing was the fact that you need to approach the grinder with confidence. And you basically need to tell yourself that you're going to have a successful grind. And this applies more to bladesmithing than it does to just general grinding with blacksmithing. But with bladesmithing, grinding is very difficult to grind the flats on a blade freehand. You know, it's, it's quite difficult. And so in order to overcome some of that difficulty, um, he was stressing that you should really approach it with a mental attitude of... I am going to have a successful grind. And, you know, that might sound silly, but I've tried it and it's worked for me. And so I have tried to keep doing that. And so whenever I go to grind a blade now, I try to clear my mind. I try to clear the shop. I try to make sure that I'm not going to have any interruptions or uh, distractions. You know, I don't have my phone next to me. I try to let people in my family know, hey, I'm going to be working in the shop for a little bit. You know, I try to let them know that I'm going to be working on something that I need to focus on. And um, and when I do that, when I know that I'm not going to be interrupted and when my mental clarity is better because I know I'm not going to be distracted, you know, I can really focus on putting my entire mental uh, effort and focus on that one task at hand. And it makes a big difference. So um, anyway, just something else I wanted to mention about grinding was body positioning and your mental attitude when you approach the grinder. You know, approach that grinder and basically tell it who's boss and that you're going to do a good grind, you know, and uh, chances are it will help you do that. So anyway, thought I would throw that in there. I'll talk to you next time. Hey, I'm back. It's been a few days. Well, it's almost been a week. It's been exactly a week, I think, because today is Saturday. And I think the last time I recorded was a Saturday, uh, last Saturday. Um, I've done a lot this week, actually, in the shop. I, I've been trying to catch up on orders. I've had several orders um, on the books for hammers, and so I've been trying to get caught up on those. And uh, so I think I made... So far this week, I've made a total of four hammers, and uh, I have about four more to go to get caught up with the current uh, list of hammer orders, uh, but I'm not sure I'm going to get to those before I do some other stuff. I want to make some things for Father's Day. I want to make a batch of uh, steak turners. Those seem to do pretty well well around Father's Day, but um, so that'll be the next thing I do. Today, I'm actually working on something completely different. I'm, I'm rebuilding that that playhouse that I was talking about, which is kind of not really a playhouse anymore. It's, it's more of a storage shed. 
but I had to cut out a bunch of rotten wood and I've gotten the, I've got it all jacked up and propped and I've cut out half of the wall and ripped out about 24 inches of the floor and so I'm headed into town to buy some wood to uh, rebuild all that so I thought I would finish up my discussion on grinders um, and talk a little bit about cost about what what they cost so you know with just like everything else in blacksmithing the really good tools are expensive um, if you go and buy a commercial ready-made grinder um, especially one with a VFD and a motor it's gonna be hard to get away with one that's really good uh, with more than one accessory for less than 1500 bucks usually I mean might be able to find some around 1200 um, and if you forego the VFD and do manual or single speed you can drop that price a good bit but I mean I would figure that 1500 bucks is around the ballpark for a commercially made grinder um, and up you know there are uh, a lot of ways to increase the cost of a grinder with tooling so you know if you buy multiple tool arms uh, that runs the price up if you buy a more powerful motor that runs the price up um, and you know and I'm not even going to get into the top in, into the uh, cost of belts you know two by 72 belts that's a whole other discussion about how much that costs you think you've spent all this money on a belt grinder and then you realize that the belts can be pretty pricey too so <laughs> um, which is you know kind of goes back to a my point about building your own you know and um, so you can build your own for you know I put around 250 or so into my first grinder it was it was kind of a hunk of junk but it worked um, and I used it for a long time um, but you know if you save money on building your own grinder that allows you to spend a little bit more money on the belts and uh, so Anyway, just wanted to throw that out there about the about the cost. You know, I built my grinder, my second grinder, the the one I would consider my good grinder. Um, I have less than eight hundred dollars in it, and it's as capable as those fifteen hundred dollar grinders. So you know, it's whatever you want to spend your money on, I guess. I, I, I did take some time this week and price out what it would cost for me to buy just a frame from. Uh, one of these guys that are building frames, you know, I think I think the company I looked at was Ameribraid, and right now they have something called the Fastback Grinder Frame, and I think it's 200 bucks, 199 just for the frame. That's no tool arm, that's no motor, that's basically the frame and the top idler wheel. So you still need to supply your own motor and your own drive wheel, and you need to either make or buy a tool arm with like a flat platinum or, or a, a contact wheel on it. So um, I have two brand new motors and two VFDs that I have in storage that I've been holding on to uh, build more grinders with in the future. So I was trying to see, you know, how much would it be to buy a ready-made frame versus building another frame like the one I currently have. And so I priced it out and the the, the, the least expensive model I could find was that Ameribraid Fastback, and it looks like a great grinder. 
Um, it's 200 bucks plus 50 bucks to ship it. So to get it to me would be 250 bucks just for the frame. Then I need to build my own tool arm because that frame uses two inch tool arms rather than the one and a half that I currently have. So I'm into a little bit more money building another tool arm, but I do have a motor and a VFD. So all I would need to buy is the drive wheel, which the drive wheels that I was looking at was around 75, 85 bucks for like a six or seven inch drive wheel. So, you know, if I buy a frame and have to buy those other things to put it together, I'm still in a grinder for like three or $400, you know? Um, and so I priced out what it would cost to build a, another grinder frame based on the same design that I have now, the BG272. And I think it would cost me about $65 in steel to, uh, to build the frame. And then I would need to buy an idler wheel and the drive wheel. So that would be about another 140 bucks. So that's getting close to 200 bucks. But the good thing about that is I could use my existing tool arms. So I think that's the route that I'm gonna go. Um, so eventually I'm, I'm gonna build another frame just like the one I have so that I can interchange tool arms. So then I could keep a grinder running with like a contact wheel and then I could keep one with a, a flat platen and maybe in the future build a third one where I could keep a small wheel um, attachment. And I'm sure somebody out there is saying, why in the world do you need three grinders? Um, well, it's the same reason that you see blacksmiths put more than one power hammer in their shop. You know, you you can set up each hammer or each tool with specific tooling, and uh, that saves you time on changing tooling out. And, you know, when you're trying to do production run stuff, um, when you can save time, you can increase your profit significantly. So... You know, the more grinders you have set up, the more you can set up with different tool arms and just be able to walk between them as you do different processes and have to, you know, do less time uh, changing tooling out. So, I think for me, I'm going to go the home-built route again and build another frame. But, um, lastly, I wanted to touch on some of the people and the companies that I've been looking at this week that I think are doing some amazing uh, pre-built grinders. Um, and maybe uh, some of the guys that are doing plans. So the Ameribraid look like a great company. I know some people that have their previous uh, first generation Ameribraid grinder and they're well received. Those look like great grinders. Of course, um, Beaumont Metalworks and the KMG, uh, that's kind of been a standard. Um, Iron Creek Grinders, Mike Gallucci, that guy's making his own grinders and turning those out. I've heard really good things about those grinders. Um, let's see, uh, who am I forgetting? Oh gosh, Broadbeck Ironworks. Those guys were turning grinders out like crazy. Um, and I've heard really, really good things about their grinders. Um, I'd, I'd love to get a hold of one of those. I'd love to get a hold of one of Mike, uh, Gallucci's Iron Creek grinders. You know, these grinders just look like hot rods. They're, they're really awesome. Um, and maybe someday when I, get sick of building my own I'll reach out and buy one from one of those guys but um let's see of course on eBay you've got the standard what's called the OBM grinder the Oregon blade maker grinder and uh there's a lot of people that have bought those you can get those for around four or five hundred dollars um without a motor 
Um, and of course, on the on the high end, you know, you've got the Travis Works TW90 grinders. I got to use those when I went to Forged in Fire, and, and they are, you know, they are really nice. I like the ratcheting belt tension system that they have on those. Um, of course, Northridge Tool is another company that makes those grinders that are kind of on the higher end, really nice looking grinders. Um, not to say that these other guys aren't making high-end grinders. Um, I'm just thinking of the ones that are on the top end of the price range right now. Um, anyway, I'm sure there's a bunch more out there, and if I, if I forgot to mention it, it wasn't that I was trying to slight anybody, um, mainly because I'm driving and can't concentrate very well. <laughs> so anyway, I guess I'll wrap up the conversation on belt grinders. I hope this helps somebody. If you're in the middle of building a grinder, you've got trouble or you're running into problems, uh, come over to the Facebook group, DIY Tools for the Knife Maker and Blacksmith. Uh, we talk about grinder building over there all the time. Or just shoot me a message if there's something that I can help with, I certainly will. Um, and if you're considering buying a grinder, go look at all those guys I just mentioned and, uh, and see which one works best for you. So anyway, hope you guys have a great day. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Well, that's going to wrap up episode 24. Thanks again for listening. I just remembered I needed to add a couple of more grinder plan guys out there. So I built the BG272 based on Dan Camo's plans. He also has another grinder plan called the Sabre OSG, S-A-Y-B-E-R-O-S-G. That stands for Sabre Open Source Grinder. If you Google that, you'll find a website with all kinds of guys that have built this grinder. Um, and he provides water jet plans that you can take and get cut out and make a grinder. Another guy that a lot of people are making a grinder from now, um, or his plans are Brian House over at Houseworks. If you do uh, a YouTube search for Houseworks Grinder or Brian House Grinder, you'll find what I'm talking about. He's got a really excellent set of plans for a really nice 2x72 grinder. Uh, both of those use what is called a 56C faced motor, which means the motor actually bolts to the grinder frame itself. So anyway, I forgot to mention those and I wanted to throw that back out there. So um, again, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye.